This week on Movie Time Machine Monster Closet Edition, the pregnant Alice finds Freddy Krueger striking through the sleeping mind of her unborn child, hoping to be reborn into the real world. This is A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. Welcome to the Movie Time Machine Monster Closet, your retro movie horror review podcast where we take nightmares from the past and relive them in the present. This week's movie, A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, released in the year 1989, written by Leslie Bonham and directed by Stephen Hopkins. I'm your Time Machine host, Chad, and joining me today is always on the Monster Closet, Mr. Scaredy Pants himself, Jamie. What's up? Hey Chad, I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. Well, uh, this week we're doing we're just continuing our role in the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street franchise here. We're at number 5 now. Um this one here, let's just go over box office quick before we get into the meat of the movie discussion. Uh this one came out August 11th, 1989. Um it raked in 22.1 million on a budget of 8 million dollars. Uh, critic reception, woof. Um, IMDb has it at a 5.1 out of 10. Metacritic is scored a 54% average. Rotten Tomatoes, critic scores 29%. An audience score is 31%. All right, so Jamie, why don't you give me your thoughts on this movie? Yeah, so you just asked me if I was excited about this, and I got to say, when I was, you know, when we were tasked with watching The Dream Child, I was looking at it like Wednesday morning, man. It's like, shoot, it's the middle of the week. This is my meeting day. I'm not stoked to watch this movie. But then it started and it was like, oh, I got to my desk and Jody brought bagels this week for the whole team. Oh, no way. This is actually kind of fun. I'm actually really enjoying this movie. And look at that. We're halfway through the workday. We're almost to the weekend. (laughs) So that was how it grabbed me. Right. I don't know how you felt watching this. Oh, no. I was, um, let's see here. I don't know how I felt about this movie, to be honest. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, uh, I don't have anything that's, um, as good as your little metaphor there, but I was kind of like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Then I think when it was all said and done, it was a bad movie with like good parts, if that makes sense. <laughs> You know, like the yeah. it's this part were better than the sum of its whole. <laughs> so <laughs> or whatever. However that saying goes, I probably mutilated that, but yeah. It was um had some kind of cool scenes in it, but yeah, this the story is just oh my gosh. I mean, even for like a slasher flick, it's just all over the place. And I feel at this time we get to this part in the franchise, I feel like we're really grasping for straws here. <laughs> I you know what? I I agree with that and I don't. Okay. I do and I don't. I I hear what you're saying, but I think what I what I liked about it was the story it took cuz cuz this really took a swing. You know what I mean? They could have they could have run it back to Dream Master and just vignettes of Freddy being goofy and killing teenagers and that would have played. You know, they would have sold tickets and made money. But they really did try to tell a story with um like Freddy Krueger's lore and the asylum calling it back to um oh three is that uh Dream Warriors. 
yeah, calling back yeah. to Dream Warriors and kind of building on the Amanda Kruger lore. And it had an actual plot, even if it didn't entirely make sense or necessarily work every time. But I, I actually, I did really like that they had a story and they stuck to it. It was not the best story and it was definitely flawed. But I think, you know, if you're the fifth film in a franchise, it, it's so easy just to run up the death kill count and play the hits. And I, I thought they tried to do something different and I, and I kind of respected it for that. But Yeah, that's uh, something I want to touch on, the death kill count. I even like I went back and I was reading about this and I didn't even realize this while watching it it's the first time and only three kills in this movie, which seems which is the lowest out of the entire franchise, I think, and seems pretty low for a slasher film and a nightmare film. Um, won't you give me your thoughts on that? Like you, you kind of had some strong feelings about that. It's a pretty strong and bold choice to make for a slasher film, especially in this franchise. So what were your thoughts on that afterwards, after watching this movie? Yeah, it's, it's definitely noticeable. Um, I think the, as far as body count, the first film is pretty low too. I think there's four. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's four, but you're right. It definitely stood out to me, especially when we're this far into the franchise. And I think maybe a bit later we can talk about whether or not we thought Freddy died. I think that's kind of, again, open to interpretation, but I think for the ones we do know for sure, Dan, Greta, and Mark, um, it was, I, I think it's nice to have them spaced out, but then they kind of rushed Greta right after Dan, which I wasn't so crazy about. Um, but I think as far as the kills themselves, and this is just my opinion. I think they're three of the strongest ones in the franchise. Like we don't get as many, but they take their time with it. As far as the special effects, the setting up the kills and the dreams, and, and my personal favorite, I have to shout out Mark. I it's it's goofy, it's kind of dumb, but it's definitely got its own style. When he pulls him into the comic book, like take on me, aha style. Yeah, we and then. <laughs> He turns into the Phantom Prowler and Freddy kind of cuts him down to size. I, I, it might be a personal thing because that hit every happy note to me. What, what, how did the Mark kill grab you? Like it? Hate it? Yeah, I really liked it too. I thought the um, Phantom Prowler, like that, um, the costume design for that was actually really cool. It seemed like really like steampunkish influence, like with like yeah. the guns and like the the kind of like the they were connected to like a backpack thing and they had like the targeting targeting device that like came around to the front of his face and i thought that actually looked really cool which was kind of surprising from a movie series like this because everything seems to be like super really cheesy but i really liked it and then yeah we get freddy coming back as um was he just like super freddy or i think that, yeah yeah i think he does say super, super freddy, freddy. Yeah. i was it was kind of horrible but i like the i like the whole comic book a- aspect of that that was really entertaining and again too it's like it's they turn like the death scenes to actually kind of into this long battle too especially with um a mark and what was the dan right yeah yeah so i really like how these scenes especially dan too because like i almost feel like he gets like you know again it's like the slow torture thing kind of like what i liked in um was it in four like the debbie cockroach scene that whole process yeah. yeah i think 
this one doesn't seem as brutal, but just like it's just is just dragging and dragging. All these different things are happening to him, like in the truck. <laughs> he like crashes, you know, and like gets back in the truck. Right, it gets into another truck. Then like the process with like no, it gets in the motorcycle. Right. Yeah, he gets on the motorcycle. Yeah, then that whole scene which turns into this like um like you said, like this ghost rider meets kind of Fury Road as this very apocalyptic Mad Max feel to it, but the yeah, the very like ghost rider ass on the motorcycle and like the the smoke and the flames kind of thing that's was was really cool. What did you think about the the Dan death scene? Oh, right there with you. Yeah, it's um, kind of like you mentioned with Mark and how the Phantom Prowler actually is really cool. Like it, it's details like that. And with Dan, when he becomes Ghost Rider on Fury Road, it's details like that where it's clear that uh, whoever was in this film, I don't know if that was in the script or if that was just the costume department or, you know, some set designer who actually kind of took the care to make something cool out of this dream sequence rather than you know something cheesy like i dream master plays a little cheesy for me i think this one is quite a few steps above that movie and it's little details like that where i'm like no someone actually gave a shit about drawing the phantom prowler and drawing it to look cool not to look you know dopey or 80s or whatever so it's it's stuff like that which really were the nice surprises that made me like this movie and you know if you step back and <laughs> i think this is where it's flawed though and you think about it it's like Freddy is using baby Jacob's dreams, but he's inside of, um, oh, what's her name? Alice, mm-hmm. who's pulling Freddy into the kids' dreams. Like, the logic doesn't add up, you know? Like, say what you will about the connection of mother and child. They're not sharing dreams. Yeah. We know that yeah. much. <laughs> so, you know, it's stuff like that. When you take a bird's eye view of the movie, it doesn't make sense. But... You know, as far as the set pieces themselves, I think they're super cool. Yes, yeah, far well the dream thing, right? It's because because Alice is like a dream master, right? So I thought mm-hmm. getting and she can pull other people into her dreams, right? So I always kind of thought like they were that's how their dreams were kind of interacting, like they're pulling, like not actually sharing it. But is that how they kind of made it like appear in the movie though? Well, that's a good question because it's, I think, because Freddy is using Jacob's dreams because I think we're meant to believe that Alice bested Freddy. Like, you're right. She's the dream master, but she locked him away in her dreams. So Freddy is using Jacob and Alice's power to, you know, he's using Jacob to kill Dan when he falls asleep behind the door, to kill Greta when she falls asleep at the table. And to kill Mark when he falls asleep in his room. So, yeah, it's like Jacob picked up this skill from Alice and Freddy's just using him as the conduit because he has not mastered how to defeat Freddy. So it kind of makes sense, but you're right. I I think they did give themselves some room to set that up in a way. Yeah, and speaking of Jacob quick, some some quick movie trivia. Jacob is played by the famous kid in a scene from Jurassic Park where um, the paleontologist guy, I can't remember his name now in the film, but where he like does like the raptor story to him and he scares the piss out of him. But yeah, he's that kid is Jacob, the dream child. (laughs) 
I was so glad you caught that too. And I, yeah, Jurassic Park is a is a once a year kind of movie for yeah. me. Love that movie, like top five films of all time. So yeah, right away, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, that's the Velociraptor kid. <laughs> Um, hold on here. So, kills now. What about, um, we get some claymation in some of these kill scenes here. So, I'm trying to think who is, so Greta is the one that gets stuffed, right? Overfed. Yes. Doesn't Yvonne die too? No, she escapes. Oh yeah, she, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. He throws her into the into the boiler water yep, and, and Alice her. pulls yeah. her out. That's right. So that's another um some stop motion scene as well. The reason why I brought that up because I know how much you love the stop motion Freddy and Dream Warriors, right? Um how yes. did you like the stop motion in this? Um some parts, especially like the the Greta scene. Or Yvonne scene, mm-hmm. the it was like very um, nightmare on Elm Street, street or not nightmare Elm Street, uh, like Tim Burton Nightmare Before Christmas kind of feeling with like the claws. It just felt like it's very Tim Burtony, um, Beetlejuice esque. With just because that's the, the nature of stop motion itself, especially when it's presented this dark, we get like the the claws that are coming up from like the diving board as she like jumps to get away, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the touches of it. Then some of it kind of reminded me of like straight out of Pee Wee's Playhouse for some reason. I don't know. Or Pee Wee's Big Adventure. A combination of the two. Also, but Also Tim Burton. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good point. So what are your thoughts on that? Dude, I, we are on the same wavelengths because I had the exact same thoughts. And like when he kills Greta and Alice opens the fridge and all the food decomposes like with that claymation. Yeah. I thought the same thing. I was like, this is Pee-wee's Playhouse in hell. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, I love that stuff. I, I, And th- these are the things where I think, am I an old person or do does this actually, like, is this an objective thing that these effects are more fun or more effective than the CGI? Because in this movie, we do get CGI. We get the... Um, Oh, your favorite. When his arm falls off. Yeah. Oh, the spiders. It's so yeah. bad. <laughs> it's like, it's so it's just bad. Like a, it's, it's so bad where it's like, it's isn't it just like a flash and the spiders are just black? There's like no detail or anything. No, to, like no attempt to make them detail at all. But no. Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, not even close. Speaking. So yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think overall CGI was a bust, but then, well, maybe it's not CGI. Maybe you would know, like, with the comic book scene, that's got to be animation, right? Is that why that that one works? Yeah, it's, yeah, that looked like it was just straight animation. I was actually going to look that up, but that's, that looked more animation. I mean, they just did the aha video, you know, like, take on me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that was animated. Look, because it looks hand-drawn. It does. Versus, but that was really cool. And we get that twice, kind of like they go back to it again. You're right. Where he's like, yeah, where he's walking into the. Yeah, he gets pulled in. Right. And there's a scene before that I thought maybe later. I don't know. But yeah, there's well, yeah, there's two because Mark um, 
Mark survives his first Freddy encounter too, which I like that. I like when Freddy doesn't kill him the first time because, you know, it shows that there's actually a chance for yeah. the kids to survive yeah. this. But yeah, he he gets pulled into the Elm Street house and then Alice writes her name on the page and goes in with him. So you're right, it happens twice. That's the first time. And then the second time is when he gets killed. Right. I was hoping that when... <laughs> When Alice like wrote her name on it, and there was like, wasn't there like a stick figure with like a dress on it? Yeah. I was hoping that she would show up as like the stick figure. <laughs> right, <laughs> would have been really badass. <laughs> like she's there, like the two dimensional stick fi- figure, paper figure. Then like Mark, uh, Mark shows up as like the when he shows up as like the two dimensional paper Mark. You know, before he gets yeah. cut and his his color runs out. Yeah, it'd be awesome if they would have tag team together to fight Freddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I love this. We could do like a it's, pa- paper, paper Mark and Alice on Disney Plus. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> it's like when Vigo comes out of the painting in Ghostbuster 2. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Vigo. Vigo. Oh, I hate that movie, by the way. I think I only saw it yeah, once. it's not very good. Yeah, agreed with oh, you. I'm I'm looking at my trying to look at my notes. I realize I'm just I'm looking at the wiki page. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're bopping all over the place, but so did you? Um, compared to four, mm-hmm. yeah, you said you you like this film. You weren't so sure. Um, let let's. I liked how we ranked them, like the whole franchise. So, I, I want to know your one through five order now, having watched Dream Child. Yeah, I feel like when I do these, it's just so off the cuff. I don't even remember what I did last time. Was it like three, one, four, two? I think was my list. Yeah, that was one, your list. Four, two. So this one probably goes three, one. Three, one. Well, I guess this would it'd go three, one, five, four, two. Three one five four yeah. two. Okay, I think. Yeah, my mine's close. Mine's very similar to yours. It's now after having watched Dream Child, it's Dream Warriors three original one, um, five Dream Child three, which I was not expecting. Oh, and wow. then two four. You yeah, like this it, better it than G- Dream Warriors? No, no, no. I, I that one still tops. Oh, I, gotcha, I like gotcha. Okay, Freddy, Freddy's Revenge. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do you want to just run that by me for my own memory? Then I was I was thinking something and hearing another. <laughs> oh yeah, no my my new order is three one five two four. Okay, so oh, yeah. almost like yours. Okay, yeah, swap yep. two and four. Yeah. All right. Very interesting. Yeah. I- very interesting. Again, was not expecting it. The fifth film of this franchise, not excited to watch it. And maybe it benefits from lowered expectations. But right. I do think there is some more. <laughs> I do think there's more going on in this movie, though, than its low Rotten Tomatoes score gives it credit for. Yeah, I think it's it's I think it's definitely better than those ratings. I mean, it's. But I don't know, like, I, I still don't know how I feel about it. It's, it's kind of weird. Maybe it, maybe it is the backlash of, like, the acting in 4 is so bad yes. that, I don't know, maybe it, this one shines <laughs> a little brighter after yes. you go through the darkness. I don't know. 
But I'm so glad you said that. I noticed that right away. Like the first scene when you get all the kids at graduation, right away I was I thought to myself, these kids are way better actors than the kids in four. Even Alice got better. Yeah. You know, from four to five. Markedly better. She improved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then really quick is this you're more you're familiar again with like the like horror movies and just like the genre more than I am, but is this is it rare to have all of a sudden like basically you kind of almost start in the middle of a genre where like you have like a character because we tend to get different characters for the most most part, and then we kind of mm-hmm. stick with this character through three films and then it gets ditched and it goes totally off the rails in the next one. So is, is that common or is there anything similar that you can think of that takes this approach? So I'm trying to pull up. Um, I think I'm going to use this as a uh, transition to mention um, the different horror franchises with five films. So I wrote them down here. It's a long list and it's longer than what I have here. But real quick, I have um, The Exorcist, Final Destination, The Universal, Frankenstein, Mummy films. They have Wolfman, but their fifth film is Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. And I'm calling bullshit because that's a Dracula movie. Anyway, um, (laughs) Phantasm. (laughs) Have you seen Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein? No. Do I? It's so good. Okay. It's one of my favorite movies. All right. Well, if we need to do it, let's let's let me know. We okay. should. Yeah, we'll put a pin okay. in that. Um, yeah, but Phantasm, The Prophecy, The Purge, fifth movie of The Purge is coming out this year. Paranormal Activity, Saw, Hellraiser, Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween, and I think obviously the biggest comps are Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween. Um, and to your point with Friday the Thirteenth. And again, I'm not as familiar with this franchise. I've not seen the fifth movie, which is called Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. But I do know that it does follow um, Jason and Tommy Jarvis, who's a character they introduced in the fourth film played by Corey Feldman. And I think Tommy in Friday the 13th, A New Beginning is a different actor. But to your point, yes, they did introduce a new character in four. And he had um, a big part in the follow-up film. And I know that's true with Halloween as well. Um, Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, actually came out the same year as Dream Child and made half as much money. Only made $11.6 million at the box office. But wow. in, yeah. in Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, they introduce um, a character. I think her name is uh, Jamie. Yep, little Jamie, and it's Halloween Four is another surprisingly great horror franchise sequel, and they I don't want to spoil too much because they really take the the film in a different direction that you were not expecting, and Jamie, who's in Four, becomes a primary focus of the next film Five. So I think you're right. I think there is something there that they they will do that, you know, but mm. um. Jamie Lee Curtis is not in Halloween 5, even though she was in um, 1 and 2, H2O, and the 2018 remake. We don't have Mrs. Voorhees in Friday the 13th Part 5, and 
I think the Saw franchise is in there too, and I'll be honest, I did not see Saw 5. So as far as what happens for that continuing story, I'm guessing Jigsaw is in there. But beyond that, I have no idea. Quick on on the Saw franchise. So this new movie that's coming out, Spiral? Spiral, I think? Yeah. Is this connected to the Saw franchise? It is. I don't know. It says something like from the book of Saw or something like that? yeah, I'm going to pull up the IMDb because I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, it does say from the book of Saw. So it is related. I'm not sure how. All right. I, I had no idea. Um, I just saw that. So it was the first time I've heard that there was a book of Saw. <laughs> no, this was like some <laughs> right. kind of lore that I was unfamiliar with. I've, I've only, I think I've only seen like the first Saw film. But Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, but I think I think you're right. I think you identified a trend where they they will have to reintroduce a new main character or a new plot point somewhere to keep it going because by this point with these franchises we've, you know, our our original characters and protagonists have either been killed off or you know, stashed away for much much later. Yeah, I was just trying to look at it, if there were like any big events in 1989 that would have maybe made going to a horror film like because Nightmare on Elm Street Five then is is all by what half a million is besting Halloween Five, but do you mm-hmm. think at this time? the Freddy franchise is a little bit more popular. I don't, I don't really have a read on it. I mean, I guess from my perspective, since I was there, like I would feel like Freddy was talked about more as like, you know, probably an elementary school kid, middle school kid. than I ever heard conversation about Michael Myers. So. Right. Yeah, and I, I, I think there might be some box office um, evidence to back that up. I, I think the Nightmare films have made the most money out of Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, and Nightmare on Elm Street. But I'm, I'm trying to look it up now because I'm not positive. But I think you're onto something there. I just found the list on Forbes. So Nightmare was more profitable than Halloween, but not as profitable as Friday the Thirteenth. So. Let the record show that. But Friday the 13th also churned out three more films than Nightmare. So, yeah. Just to paint you a picture of my childhood, I do remember that it was clear who people were talking about when they were talking about Jason Voorhees or Freddy Krueger. But right around the time they were talking about Michael Myers, Mike Myers was on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Austin Austin (laughs) Powers was about to blow up. So there, there was some legitimate confusion when people would talk about Mike Myers or Michael Myers. I'm like, right. wait, is that the dude with the knife or with the bad teeth and right. the wig? <laughs> or was it like uh, Wayne and Garth? Wayne. Yeah. Party on Wayne. <laughs> Party on Garth. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking maybe, I don't know, maybe this is the year of that Iraq invasion of Kuwait, but that was in 1990, not 89, so... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the eighty. There's so many slasher films too. I feel like that are building up in the eighties. Do you think maybe there's some fatigue 
at this point. Oh, for sure. I feel like there's this fran- this kind of dies off. I feel like in the nineties a little bit. It's not as like yeah. prevalent. And then we get a resurgence, I feel like, in the early 2000s. Yeah. So what happens there, at least for the slashers, you're right. I think everyone was fatigued. Halloween, Nightmare, and Friday the 13th are on their like, fifth, sixth entries. Like, all right, guys, we get it. And then Scream kind of comes along and just injects, you know, like gasoline into the veins of these horror fans. And there is like scream fever, but and I know you haven't seen Scream. I haven't. But I came out in ninety six, right? So late ninety six. Yeah. So that's yeah. So maybe that's that's like you said, the gasoline on the fire, kind of because maybe that what that opens up to that early aughts kind of. I feel like there was like there was like an explosion explosion of horror films or maybe i was just kind of exposed more to it then but no you're 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 absolutely right it kicks off like the i know what you did last summers like the pretty teen getting stalked and killed run of films that's in their urban legends all of those yeah those are right around or after scream and yeah kind of carry us into the early 2000s so to go back into the movie discussion a little bit more, mm-hmm. I had a couple questions here. Is there an anti-abortion anti-abortion message in this film? Because there is this like this uh, like a, a you have a baby like out of wedlock, right? You have you know a child out uh-huh. of wedlock thing here, which. I think at this time was still looked at pretty, you know, unfavorable. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And then there's like a question later in the film on whether Alice should keep the baby or not. So, um, yeah. Did you get any vibes on that? Dude, a hundred percent. Yeah. And it's, I don't, I don't, well, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I was going to say, I don't think they, declare one way or the other but i think you can definitely ask the question like is this a pro-life film because she figures out that it's baby jacob who freddie is channeling killing all these people and it's mark who asks her like you know well did you ever think about not having the baby he asks her straight yeah. up what why don't we just abort baby freddie right and she's like no, I think I want to make it work. It's like my last memory of Dan. And it's, and uh, you know, Mark to his credit, it's like, okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna, <laughs> not gonna hold you in the car and drive you to the clinic. <laughs> but yeah. And what was almost weirder than that was the scene with Mark's parents coming in and trying to get her to give it up for adoption. I think that is where it might be. A more of a pro-life thing you know right because i don't know why that scene was in there they come in there and like oh alice you're a little crazy and technically that's our kid too but i why why was that in there was it just to say you can't do an abortion you can't do an adoption you got to deal with this yeah i don't know i was i just wonder if that was just something i picked up on but yeah, it probably wasn't maybe intentional. I don't know. It may have something to do with the era. But. I think you're right, though, Chad. I, I, 
I don't know. All right. We'll move along. Uh, Spencer, Uh on the topic of babies, um, tell me uh, what you thought when you first saw the baby Kruger. (laughs) 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 Man, because for me, like, the first thing that came to my mind was, like, oh, this is straight out of Ghoulies. I don't know if you've ever seen Ghoulies before, but just kind of slimy little animatronic, (laughs) you know, (laughs) monster puppets. But, yeah. Give me your thoughts on baby Freddy. Scarier than Ghoulies? Um, uh, I don't know. No, <laughs> I mean, no. I guess they're okay. both like LOL. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> oh, I I don't know. I guess I didn't. I didn't have any one strong feeling. Yeah. One way or the other. I I I, just, I thought it was goofy. You know, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. But that that is when. No, that's not true. I did have a feeling that was. I thought the film started really strong because we start with the shower nightmare, and um, you know, her drowning in the shower, being unable to get out, and that transitions to the asylum. Mm-hmm. And right away, I thought, "Oh, cool!" Like I, I found that to be effective and creepy, and it was working. And then they throw in, you know, Freddy Dream Baby, and. I was like, ah, oh, man, we were going really dark and moody and yeah. cool. And all right, I guess we're doing this. Yeah, it's it seemed really unnecessary. Yeah. Like you probably could have just gotten away with like not even like showing it just. You know, but yeah, you're right. That's that's scarier. If like Amanda it's like, show me my baby or what's wrong with my baby. And you don't see it, but and you they, get just like you see your terrified face or whatever. Like, yeah. yeah. And you get to envision it. Not that that would have made the movie like 100% better, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> it did make it feel, I mean, it kind of cheapened it a little bit, I think. But Yeah, maybe that was um, like the studio asking for, well, we need a baby Freddy puppet and the costume department pushing back and saying, only if we get to do the Phantom Prowler. You know? <laughs> like, one for you, one for us. Well, maybe, I don't know if he did... Uh, what was it? Tales from the Crypt. So I don't know if the director did a couple episodes of that before or after this. Maybe this movie got him, like, the Crypt episodes, but I thought maybe it was, like, some... Maybe that was some influence that he brought to this film, but I think he, this maybe mm. came up before that. As far as the ending, you know, we always talk oh, about yeah, that. Yeah. How did... What'd you think about the ending here? What did I think about the ending? What is... I... God, what was the ending? So it's... I don't... Uh, so they find Amanda, and um, Jacob decides that he wants to be with Alice and not Freddy, and Freddy's, like, pulled back into Amanda's womb. Yeah. And that door shuts. Then it's Alice, the baby, Yvonne, and her dad in the park. And then there's the girls jumping rope. God, did I, am I that dense? I missed that. Yeah, because we don't, it's not your traditional, like, 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 well, where like you see, like, a, you know, like the reflection of Freddy or. Yeah, I think it's like the most definitive 
defeat of Freddy ending that we've gotten so far. Because Dream Master is close, but you see him in the pool's reflection. Yeah. This one, you don't see him, but you do see the girls jumping rope. Oh, yeah, I totally missed that. Oh, my God. But we do bump into this guy. Dude, does it get more 90s than that? <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> this is, I know this came out in 89, but um, I was going to say, you can really see the, the transition from like 80s to 90s in this film. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. It was kind of making me a little nostalgic because I can, I, 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 I'm feeling the vibes. I was like, oh, this is like when I'm hitting like my middle school prime. <laughs> but yeah was this the first watch for you this was yeah yeah. same here same here oh is this the had you seen dream master before is this the or is this the nightmare film you've seen first i saw dream master before yeah so this yeah so this would be the first one that i've seen or the first one that we watched that i've seen for the first time that makes sense (laughs) yes but yeah Okay, yeah. and as for the upcoming ones, which have you seen the rest of them? I have not. So, I guess I'll like Sweet, some of like the either. crossover ones, you know, like but out of this continuity, yeah. like I think out of this con- continuity, like the next one is like the the end, isn't it? Freddy's dead. Yeah, out of, you're right. Out of this continuity, it's Freddy's dead, and then there's Wes Craven's new nightmare, which I think is kind of its own yeah. thing, and then obviously Freddy versus yeah. Jason. Yeah, I haven't seen the new nightmare. I've seen Freddy versus Jason. Whatever you want to call Same. that. <laughs> Same. Uh, cool. The one just really quick about what's aged the best or worst. I mean, what what's one thing that you think has aged really bad in this film and one thing that you think has aged well? Okay. Um as far as what has aged bad, I would say probably ultrasound technology. that was (laughs) it was so we've had two kids so we've um you know we've gone to those appointments and just i i love the part where the doctor tells yvonne to flip on the switch and you know like the machine doesn't work until she turns it on and then you can hear the ultrasound yeah you know that's (laughs) where it comes from like oh my god i didn't know you turned it on like a speaker (laughs) you know So I would say okay. that, and Yvonne is dressed as a candy striper. We don't have candy stripers anymore. Um, a candy striper? Uh-huh. I don't, what, I don't know what that is. That's that's what they would call, um, they're like hospital assistants, you know, because she works in the hospital, and she has the red and white <laughs> like, uh, just... outfit. This is like one of those moments is like, when you see something, your brain is registering, like, something completely different of what is being presented to you. Like uh-huh. I was thinking that she was working at the cafe, but if I would have been paying attention, <laughs> I would have, I would have uh, connected the dots and put together that puzzle a little differently. <laughs> <laughs> she was working at the baby cafe. <laughs> oh my God. That is hilarious. It's okay. 
I got you, Chad. I got you. Yeah, no, I candy striper is a dated term, but that's what they were called. Um, they're they're now hospital volunteers is the PC term. So hospital volunteers, also known as candy stripers in the U.S., work without regular pay in a variety of healthcare settings, usually under the, under the direct supervision of nurses. All right. Now you know. Yeah, yeah you learn something new now every you know. time you pod. <laughs> And as for what's aged well, I, I would say the comic book scene and just comic books in general. I mean, shit, we just had like 10 years of Marvel movies. So Word. I'll, yeah. uh, what I'll about back you? you on that one. Um, man, I know we've watched like five of these and talked about them together now, but man, just Freddy's use of the word bitch is just like really starting to bug me. Like, it's like, I don't know what it is. But. Yeah. So yeah. that, um, but best, yeah, I would say, um, I would say the effects in this movie outside of the CGI spider thing, whatever the hell that was, um, yeah. I thought it looked pretty good. Um, I don't think, yeah, I think overall, like as far as like effects in like a slash movie, I thought they all were done quite well. I think that's age well. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. One thing quick, then then we'll uh, close her out, is um, the scene where Freddy is in the passenger seat, or he's driving, I don't know, he's like driving the truck, but the, the driver's side is now on the passenger side. Freddy takes like mm. the wine bottle, and he dumps mm-hmm. it on him. Well, he takes a drink, he spits it out, and it starts burning the dashboard like acid. And then he pours it yeah. on his arm. Melts his arm off. He pulls his arm off, and then he sticks it like in the roof of the car. Mm-hmm. That I didn't understand what that was all about. Like what he was trying to do. Do was it just? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a good point. I because I yeah I wondered the same thing too. Where he's yeah he's drinking the wine and he melts off his arm and. You got to wonder, did they just set up the scenes and just say Robert England and the costume department go crazy? Like, what if yeah, he, like, I don't have an answer. Burned his arm off, pulled it off, and showed <laughs> Danny what his arm looked like after he pulled it off. And then he, like, sticks it like he's putting out a cigarette in the roof of the car. Yeah, let's do it, man. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cocaine's a hell of a oh, drug. Yeah. All right, Jamie, any closing thoughts before we end the show? I just, I got to say, I didn't think that we would actually get there. Granted, we're not there yet, but I'm, I'm proud of us for sticking it out with a single film franchise. Yeah, this is cool. This has been fun. I mean, I think we've doubled our uh, Monster Closet episodes uh, just with Nightmare franchise. So yeah, this was fun. Actually, probably tripled it because we had one that we recorded for Day of the Dead that um, we lost. So, <laughs> right, I know <laughs> the lost episode. All right, cool. Before we go, we want to thank you for downloading this episode of Movie Time Machine Monster Closet Edition. Remember, new episodes of Movie Time Machine will drop on Fridays. Please send your questions, comments, and feedback to moviemachinepod at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Movie Machine Pod to get updates when new episodes are hitting your favorite podcasting platforms. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.